Welcome to Healthy and Happy, a program sponsored by the East Jamaica Conference of Seventh-day Adventists and aired right here on your education and wellness station, NCUFM. It's 91.1, 91.3, and of course, 91.5. We have so much in store for you this week, so we invite you to stay tuned. I'm your host, Adis Jonas Murphy. Thank you for joining us right here on Healthy and Happy. It is your education and wellness station, NCUFM, 91.1, 3 and 5. And I'm so happy in spite of what's happening around us, you know, COVID-19 and all. I'm still happy to be able to be in studio and this time with Dr. Michelle Hamilton. And I guess from you heard, doctor, you figured out that we're going to be going along the line of COVID-19, right? Uh, Dr. Hamilton serves as a naturopathic physician and, of course, you will want to stay tuned to this program to find out how to deal with this coronavirus, this outbreak that's happening in Jamaica and, of course, has been declared a pandemic worldwide. So our focus this evening is more on COVID-19 and you. Now, there's a lot of fear, Doc, a lot of anxiety and, dare I say, panic in our country today as a result of the worldwide corona-COVID-19 pandemic. Now, it's important to know that this program, friends, it was recorded on Wednesday, March 18, 2020. And so it's being broadcast today, Sabbath, March 21, Saturday evening, March 21. So please expect that the data would have changed since then. But up to the time of this recording, there were 12 confirmed COVID-19 cases in Jamaica. On Monday of this past week, March 16, many of you were furnished with the news that 15 persons were confirmed, but that number shifted to Twelve, three were taken off the list because they confirmed negative. So according to Health Minister Dr. Christopher Tufton, in a COVID-19 status report, he said that 340 people have come into the island from a country of interest since January 31. 23 people are in isolation at government facilities, 26 people are quarantined in government facilities, and 43 are in home quarantine. These home quarantine numbers, they don't include residents of 7 and 8 miles Bull Bay, where that entire area has been quarantined. Dr. Hamilton, listeners from far and wide are tuned in. And this is the context that we found ourselves operating in, a very fearful society. Um, Some of us being locked up in our communities. People are wondering, will I catch this virus? Now, let's start here. What's your general take on what's happening locally? And what words of encouragement can you offer to the public during this time? Good evening, everyone. Well, You see, what's actually happening, it's a natural response. People will become fearful, especially this is a new virus. Mm -hmm. We're unfamiliar with it, and it is spreading across the world. So it is only natural that we become fearful. But in the midst of that, we have to know, look at the facts, what is actually happening. More persons are catching the virus. That means that it's very contagious. Mm -hmm. But look at how many persons are dying and the individuals that are actually dying from the virus. And when we are able to sit down and look at the big picture, Mm -hmm. then we can be calm and then make wise decisions because the fear and the panic Mm -hmm. will not help at a time like this. So first of all, I want individuals to look at their surroundings, look at the persons they have around them, their family members, to see how best they can be of help to individuals and how they can protect themselves and protect others as well. And a few things I like to note is that 
the fear is more associated with those who are high risk. Mm. And we are not necessarily focusing on these individuals and talking to them mm -hmm. and making an effort to address their fear because they see themselves most often as just waiting to die. And it is not so. Mm -hmm. I had a patient calling me saying that they are afraid to leave their home and they needed medication. They needed wow. to get a refill. Mm -hmm. And they wanted to go in because they were due a visit to get a, a, a prescription to go mm -hmm. and purchase the drug. And I had to talk with them to explain this is now when we had our first case and they were already <laughs> fearful yeah. to leave their home. And this was it was so intense mm -hmm. because they were like, if I leave my home, I'm going to die. Right. So we need to think about these things, how we can best support these individuals. And we have to be cautious of what we see mm -hmm. because of the fear persons are using it as a means to make money when we look at it in terms of the gloves and mm -hmm. the masks that are being sold on the street for probably three times for the, three the times price. The more, but it's not even the price mm. I've been across Kingston and I've seen individuals selling them and the, the gloves or the mask will fall on the ground and they take them back up and put them in the mm. bags or in their hands and keep selling them. You have individuals who are walking around with a face mask mm -hmm. all the time and with gloves. The same face mask. Yes, and they're using it. They go out mm. in the mornings, they put it on. These are disposable items and plus it increases the probability that you will touch your face mm -hmm. and these mm -hmm. are reusable on a daily basis for them. They're actually reusing them wow. on a daily basis. But you're transferring more germs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What you need to do, we have limited supplies of masks and gloves. You mm -hmm. keep it for when you are going to be exposed or you're to with someone exposed to the virus mm -hmm. and you need to protect others as well as if you're at home and you have a family member mm -hmm. that is exposed to the virus and you now need to either take them in, mm -hmm. then you can use those equipment to transfer them to get them to the hospital okay. or whatever the requirements so, are at that time. So wearing gloves and face masks to the supermarket they're not necessary that's what no, you're saying because if you are, you know that you are showing symptoms you shouldn't be going to the supermarket <laughs> in the first place you should be at home and you should call the number to get contact the ministry there is this fear that it's airborne you know you know, because it's a novel virus and it's so you know it's new we're learning things minute by minute so some people are thinking you know I just I don't want to walk in the air because we've heard that this thing can last in the air for up to three hours you know on surfaces for up to nine hours and so there's panic because there is continuing education, should I say, yes. or even lack of, yes. of information thereof. But earlier you mentioned the high-risk category. Could you just re remind us what that high-risk group looks like? Sure, but first you saw you talked about airborne. So we confirm it is not airborne. It is spread by respiratory droplets. That so means sure it duck. comes from your mouth or mm -hmm. when you sneeze, when you cough, respiratory droplets. So when the respiratory droplet leaves the person's body, mm -hmm. it can travel up to um, five feet or so. So therefore, if it lands on a surface and you touch it, it's on your hand, but it doesn't right. absorb through your skin. It's not floating in the air consistently, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So you can't just in the air walking and you pick it up. So it's not airborne. That's the first thing. So right? those persons who are asymptomatic, not displaying signs and symptoms, mm -hmm. they're not transferring it through droplets. No, but they're not necessarily, but other bodily fluids, like if they come in contact with the respiratory droplets, they can mm -hmm. have it on their hand, touch another surface, oh, then you touch your face. Or I if see. they go to use the bathroom and they don't practice good hygiene because mm -hmm. you pass it also through your stool. Mm -hmm. So if they don't practice good hygiene going, going to the bathroom, they will come back out with it and can transfer it to someone else who touches and then put their hand on their face uh -huh. or in their mouth. So that is how they actually will transfer. So it is only transferred through droplets? Respiratory droplets um, and your feces. So mm -hmm. if you pass your stool and I say not good hygiene, mm -hmm. so on the contact surfaces where these droplets are, 
in terms mm-hmm. of not practicing good hygiene, leaving the bathroom and you touch other surfaces and doors and you end up transferring it like okay. that. Okay, wonderful. All right, so that's out of the way and that knowledge gained. <laughs> um, let's, let's look at the higher risk categories. So are babies high risk? So babies... And when I say baby, I mean, you know, under one year. Under one year old. Mm -hmm. So we know that their immune systems are still developing. So far, we have not had any fatalities. Mm -hmm. But then we understand that their immune systems are still being developed. So for mothers... It is important right now to give your babies breast milk. Breast that, milk. Yes, because that will there's help some, to build their immune system. There are some mothers who say, boy, doc, you know, my, my breasts are going to sag, so I really don't want to feed my baby. Well, you know, there are benefits for the mom, too. If you're worried about your breast sagging, you know, modern science, we come up with a lot of bras, bras <laughs> that can take care of that. But uh-huh. then for you, it also helps the womb to contract and get back that natural form. Testify. So it actually benefits you afterwards yeah, if you actually yeah, yeah. breast milk and helps you to lose that weight. Testify. So it actually will help your physical <laughs> features. Right. The other things that I think are far more important to other activities. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and other high-risk groups now, we're looking at those who are over 60. Yes. Right? And over 60, yes, because we know older persons, their immune systems tend <laughs> to be a little bit lower. Up and looking. <laughs> <laughs> to be a little bit lower. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we want to, you know, note that those persons. But then individuals who have autoimmune disease, who mm-hmm. have HIV, who have hypertension, diabetes, heart disease, those persons are at risk. And they're not necessarily over 60. Because remember, our Jamaican population, we're seeing younger persons now with hypertension and diabetes. Right. So it really depends on lifestyle, eh? Life Lifestyle has a huge part, Mm. huge part in it. Very important. Now, based on the fear of hygiene practices, is there any additional precaution that we should take? Yes, I would like people to pay more attention. When you go to the bathroom Mm -hmm. and you flush the toilet, cover the seat before you flush the toilet. So that will prevent that, you know, that water that will splash up, that Mm -hmm. will increase, Mm -hmm. right? So we want to cover the toilets when you're flushing. Mm. And when you open it, remember to clean it off. Also, if you think about opening doors, Mm. person, are walking around with hand sanitizers and using it great but if you don't have hand sanitizers carry baby wipes with you and you use Mm. that to open the doors and you throw that away Mm -hmm. do not wear gloves consistently because all you do is transferring germs from one place to another so Mm -hmm. don't keep wearing the gloves all day put it on when you need to do a particular task Uh right and you throw it away afterwards all right and do not walk around daily with the face mask as I said you probably (laughs) increase the risk of you catching something and then you start panicking Mm -hmm. right so keep them for when it's actually needed. And for those, if you have someone at home who's been quarantined mm-hmm. or person who's showing symptoms and you call the ministry and they said to self-quarantine for 14 days, you want to put that person in a room. Mm-hmm. You may not have enough masks, but what you'd want to do, there's a video going around of how to make a paper mask out of a simple paper towel right. or out of a napkin. Make enough of those, put it in a bag, mm-hmm. and then you use that whenever you're going to help the person because it could be an elderly person mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. does who is not showing symptoms, but you may have symptom but you're taking care of them put on one of those little masks that you have made go Mm -hmm. into the room to take care of them or to give them food whatever is needed and dispose Mm -hmm. of it after because those you don't have to worry about the supplies coming from overseas you can make those at home Mm -hmm. also consider the fact that if you live and you take care of an elderly person you are the person who is going to probably expose them because they're not going out Uh so what you should actually want to do as well is make sure you make enough food and freeze it likewise if the person is elderly 
single there and they live at home are single, mm -hmm. you want to make sure you cook enough food in advance and freeze it. So if, in fact, you do show signs and symptoms, you know, everybody's food panicking. Nobody's not going mm -hmm. to come to your door, right? So at least you have some food stored away. You can just take it out and warm it and have that to eat. All right? And, and remember, be careful when you're buying these things from the vendors on the road because whilst mm -hmm. they're thinking that they're helping, you're also increasing your risk because the things are not kept and stored in hygienic um, situations mm -hmm. at all. Not, not all of them. Not all of them. <laughs> but we're talking the ones that walk and have them That's exposed in their hands. Mm -mm. We're talking about uh, COVID-19. If you are just tuning in, we're looking at more on this virus. I mean, learning is never, ever enough. And in light of what's happening locally, you know, 12 confirmed cases up to Wednesday, March 18. That's when this program was recorded. Up to 12 confirmed cases. Um, the truth of the matter is, you know, there's a lot of panic. Everybody's running up and down people buying out the food out of price mart i'm just mm. saying if you buy out all the wives how are you going to have other people protect um, themselves against you or you know i mean i'm just saying yeah wipes are going sanitizers are going i haven't seen lysol in a while um <laughs> and everybody has that too but how can we really build our immune system or boost our immune system by the way we were having a conversation <laughs> off air um is it really necessary even to boost your immune system if you're not um one who would regularly get sick. Okay, so we're talking off here about the three categories. So mm -hmm. the at-risk, those who would probably need to boost their immune system and those who have robust immune system. So let's start, mm -hmm. start with those with the robust immune system. Start with so, you, Doc. Start with you. Start with me? Yeah, man. Yeah, I classify <laughs> so, as robust. Okay. <laughs> so for those of you who want to know if your immune systems are robust, some of you, you probably have a few of us who have never contracted the flu or show any signs of symptoms of the flu ever. Wow. Right? Mm -hmm. So it means that what you're doing on a daily basis, you're actually maintaining doing a healthy immune system. Mm -hmm. So you need not worry about boosting unless right now you're probably in one of those areas where you're so providing some support services and you're going to be, you know, Exposed. missing a couple extra, mm -hmm. you know, stressed over this period of time and you know that you start showing signs, then yes, you'll probably need to take something a little bit extra. But outside of that, then you won't have to worry, just practice good hygiene. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. say the second group, the person now who would want to be thinking that um, my immune system needs boosting, how would you know? Mm -hmm. Well, how many times per year did you contract the flu last year? Once, And twice. the flu means not, not a regular Jamaican cold. It means pains and yes. aches. Yes, and yes. nausea and... Okay. Right. Not the simple rhinitis, okay. but actual flu. So if you have contracted the flu more than once last year and you're a regular person every year, you always tend to have the flu, then mm. it means that you know Something your immune wrong. system can you know need a little bit support. So mm -hmm. apart from getting an assessment to check, mm -hmm. if you are that person, then you know you need to start boosting your immune system. So you need to start focusing on different things. Mm -hmm. And then for those who have um, other comorbidities like um, HIV, diabetes, hypertension, mm -hmm. then they know that because of the medications that they're on, mm -hmm. they now have to do a little bit more to protect themselves. So some of them, their immune systems could be quite healthy, but because of this virus and how it affects those individuals and the organs that it affects, mm -hmm. right, they actually need to do a little bit more right now, be mm -hmm. a little bit more careful and specific on their diets in order to maintain or to give their immune system more resilience right. at this time. 
Well, if you're just tuning in, you are tuned to the program Healthy and Happy, sponsored by the East Jamaica Conference of Seventh-day Adventists and aired right here on your education and wellness station. We're having a conversation with Dr. Michelle Hamilton. She is a naturopathic physician. And of course, we're talking about COVID-19 and you, how we can protect ourselves against, you know, the spread of this virus, contracting it and even, you know, helping to pass it along. We don't want that at all. So we are learning as much as we can about COVID-19. COVID-19. But, you know, as a people of God, though, Dr. Uh, Hamilton, we really ought not to be caught up in this fear and frenzy. But somehow, you know, we are because um, we we just don't know. It's so novel. It's so new. We're just fearful because some of us fall in the high risk category. But do you have any advice for those who are most vulnerable? I know you spoke a little bit about it a while ago in relation to, you know, boosting or beefing up the immune system. But is there any other advice that you would give to those persons? Persons listening, diabetics, HIV, hypertensive uh, persons who are vulnerable. Sure. So for those who are vulnerable, a few things that I want you to consider. So first of all, if you live alone mm-hmm. or you're in a household where you're probably the only one who knows all your medication, the first thing I want you to do is make a chart, a list, something that I that has on it um, what illness you have. If you are hypertensive mm-hmm. or diabetic, write that down. Then list your medications that you are taking in an event that something should happen and they need to take you to the hospital because there's going to be a lot of panic after a period of time. So you want that to be there. If you have high blood pressure, I want you to at least check your blood pressure once per day. So at mm. least you know Right, because some a lot of times people are walking around with blood pressures two hundred over one ten, mm-hmm. and they say, "Oh, I have no symptoms." Right, and that's not the norm for mm-hmm. most persons, and that's an emergency basically. If you have high blood sugar, do your blood sugar check at least once per day. All right, make sure that you get sunlight in the early morning, so you can't go out necessarily, but go to the back of your home early mm-hmm. in the morning and get at least a half an hour to forty five minutes of sunlight. Just stand up in the sun. No, take a seat if you can. Try to do some form of (laughs) physical activity for like about a half an hour. You can do chair exercises. If the person is someone who is in bed and can't move, you yourself can help them to move their hands and their feet and give them a little workout. Just like when you had young babies and you stretch them in the early morning, all of those things. Mm -hmm. Do that for the elderly persons at home that you live with as well. In addition, you want to also be careful in terms of what they eat. So we talked about... Um, different food sources that they can Mm -hmm. do if they know that, you know, they generally are frequently catch the cold. So if you're diabetic, you know you're going to stick to the foods that are on the lower glycemic index, but you Mm -hmm. want to focus on fruits um, and vegetables uh, that are particular geared towards either boosting or if you know you're already exposed. So I'm going to give you two categories. So Mm -hmm. if you're in one of these groups and you have already has some form of exposure in your quarantine, you want to focus more on foods that are rich in carotenoids. For example, your so, sweet... So, um, mm-hmm. Sorry, please. Um, could you <laughs> break that down? The carotenoids? Those... So I'm mm-hmm. going to give you examples right, so that you don't have to Google. To, thank, to Google. thank you so much. Yes. So if you're you already exposed, you're under quarantine, you're one of the high-risk groups, right? So your carotene-rich foods like your um, sweet peppers, your carrots, your dark leafy vegetables, right? So mm. that is going to be what's needed. And also vitamin C, you want to eat a lot of citrus fruits, mm-hmm. right? Because at this point, if you're already exposed, your immune 
immune system needs help in a different area that helps your body not to remain, the immune system not to remain hyperactive, but to also kill the virus, still have mm-hmm. the antiviral um, effect, right. but also combat down your immune system. So those are going to be the keys right there and getting the exercise and the sunlight still if you are exposed and under quarantine. Now, if you're talking about Hold boosting... On. Mm-hmm. Getting sunlight on yes. the quarantine. Well, you're so you going have to, to go come out you're your in house? your home. You're going to be in your home, but you can go on the veranda. You can go on your back porch in your backyard. Just ensure because remember, you know, you're in. You're still at home. Just ensure nobody comes close to you. Yes, you're just like the next door neighbor <laughs> who comes to give you a mango or carrot juice. <laughs> well, trust me, this time they're not going to come, especially if they know that they see a, a public health person come by the home. I'm just saying. Right. Yes. 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 But humor is very good because it also helps to stimulate the immune system. If you're the type, if you're the person now who know that your immune system needs boosting. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, then you want to include your flavonoids, the same, the carotenoids, your antioxidants, your vitamin C, and your zinc. And I'm going to give you examples again because I see Adi's eyes mm-hmm. quenching. So, right. antioxidants, your berries, your kale, right? your beets, your beans, red Citra. cabbage, carotenoids again, your sweet potatoes, your carrots, dark leafy greens, mm-hmm. flavonoids, sweet peppers, citrus fruit, cherry tomatoes. Your vitamin C, which you know are your citrus fruits, selenium, mm-hmm. Brazil nuts, sardines, brown rice, oatmeal, spinach, lentils, bananas, zinc, cashews, sesame seed, pumpkin seeds, lentils, mm-hmm. chickpeas, otaiti, apples, and stay hydrated. Mm, that's the key. Yes, stay hydrated and get enough rest, mm-hmm. get your sunlight, and half an hour of exercise is key. Every day. Every day, it's mm. because you're at home, and it, yeah, and so you can so do something. What about those who are in pain, though? I mean, mm-hmm. isn't that isn't that a challenge? So for those in pain, you're talking from other illnesses that they have. I, I don't know. I I've heard that this resembles the flu virus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I've never caught it. But most of the it. symptoms so far are not necessarily um similar in terms the of the pain and, and the joint and pains and so forth. Right. It's so more it's of the coughing, the sneezing, and the respiratory. Yes. So they will more likely um mm-hmm. for some persons if it progresses will end up being diagnosed with pneumonia. At that time, they will already be in isolation. Right. So none of these things will necessarily be able to be done in mm-hmm. isolation. Mm-hmm. I mean, unless they have some form of physical energy that they can move around, but hardly likely. So whilst you're not in isolation and you're at home in quarantine, mm-hmm. then you can you do as much as you can. That will keep you out of going into isolation. There's a lot of talk about whether or not this, this virus causes permanent damage um, to our respiratory uh, system or tract um, do you think it, it causes? Well, from the research that I've, 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 I've been following so far, um, for those who actually contract pneumonia, there is some scarring of the lungs that's mm-hmm. there. And they don't know for sure what this looks like for the future. So we do know that for persons who have cardiovascular disease um, and end up contracting pneumonia, there there can be some cardiovascular change right, mm-hmm. in terms of that. But we really don't know. It is after everything has subsided, then we will actually know. Mm. So there, we can't give a definitive answer. But so far, they're already looking into that. Let me ask you, from a spiritual standpoint, because I know you're a doctor, but you're also a Christian, Seventh-day Adventist Christian. Do you think this lines up with the fulfillment of prophecy in terms of speaking of the imminent return of our Lord or the soon coming of our Savior? Your question is quite valid. So what I'm seeing and what people are, are actually sharing around is, well, you know, we're closer now. We have been close. We have been in the very toenails for quite a while. Mm. So this is quite consistent with prophecy that mm-hmm. we're seeing. But it doesn't mean that this exact 
event is the last. Right. It's just that it's the first that many of us, based on our age, have seen anything like this. Mm -hmm. But it is in line in prophecy. The Bible did tell us mm -hmm. that, you know, we're going to have these viruses. We're going to have war. There are a lot of things. There are chaos right. that is going to be happening. So this is just one, one of them that we are now seeing. Mm -hmm. But we can use this opportunity to draw closer to God because, Amen. you know, there are a lot of opportunities that can come out of the mm -hmm. coronavirus and how it's affecting the economy. It might strengthen. And a lot, yeah. we're not seeing that yet because mm -hmm. we're in so much fear. There's a lot of opportunities mm -hmm. that can come out because number one, families are struggling. Hey. Marriages, there are so many divorces that are happening. Mm -hmm. This now forces individuals to spend stay time home, together. spend time <laughs> together. So if you don't like home and look and you, listen, you're going to have to spend time Forced together. So this time. for me is an opportunity for families to mm -hmm. bond, mm -hmm. to heal relationships. Yeah. And I know many of our pastors are rejoicing about the break. I mean, of course, not having churches closed. I'm not referring to that part, but I, I'm referring to, you know, many of our essential workers and even workers within the organization, the church. They're going to and fro, to and fro, to and fro. And I don't know, maybe it's a break. That's yes, some because most of them are actually doing so much and they will tell you that a lot of pastors, they don't get enough sleep because they're mm -hmm. always out and about. Because this now forces them to stay at home, mm -hmm. their families will actually see them because a lot of families are suffering because of that, especially if you're in a helping profession, especially mm -hmm. like as a pastor. So now you have time to be at home with your family and you support them as well. Mm -hmm. So I think there are opportunities and we now need to start looking at the opportunities mm -hmm. that can arise out of what is is actually happening now because the Lord never leaves us, hmm. never forsakes us in any time at all. He always has a way out and there's always something to learn mm -hmm. from what we are experiencing. No matter how bad it is, there's always something that you can give thanks hmm. for. Opportunities in COVID-19. That's the twist and that's the spin, of course, that we take right here on Healthy and Happy. Dr. Michelle Hamilton, I want to say thank you so very much for coming on board with us this week. It is, of course, our focus on the Corona COVID-19 virus. It's actually titled More on COVID-19 and You. And as I said at the beginning of our discourse, just before we came on air, Doc, we'll have to carry you back for a part two. So friends, you want to join us uh, next week as we focus on the celebration acronym. So we're looking at building our immunity against this virus. Well, not just against this virus, but against everything, you know. So you want to tune in next week for Healthy and Happy. We're thankful for your listenership. Thanks so much for staying with us right here on the Education and Wellness Station. We want to thank our production team, our technical operator, Elder Errol Vaz, and of course, our communication team. On behalf of our hard-working team here in studio, Amadis Jones. Jonas Murphy, God's richest blessings.